This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. My name is Diane DeServio, and that's the Scuttlebutt. So my name is Sam East with Devious Eye Entertainment, and that's the Scuttlebutt. What is up, Scuttlebutt Nation? This is Ro from the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Welcome to another edition of the show, episode 150. Wow, 150 episodes of the Scare of Podcast. I cannot believe it. We are almost there. Uh, we're not doing a countdown or anything. It's just kind of nice, 150. It's kind of a rounded number. Very nice. Thank you very much for joining us. If you are finding us for the first time, thank you. I hope you like this discussion. Um, you know, Brad and I never did a uh, a show on Solo, a Star Wars story, back in the day when it was released. So I wanted to kind of uh, get that out there. I brought in some friends uh, to to help me talk about that. Uh, Brad is out to sea, uh, doing some uh, some important stuff out there, but. Um, uh, I brought back uh, Scott Rifen, and uh, I have Michael from the Two Med Two account. Um, Michael, welcome back from the Witness Protection uh, Program. Bro, thank you. How are you? <laughs> Fantastic. Haven't seen you uh, around these parts in a long time. Uh, yeah, I became a contracted streamer on a, a different platform um, out of oh. Japan. Um, so. That took up pretty much all my time, and it was, you know, I got to do a little bit of Star Wars, and uh, it was pretty lucrative. Um, but now with the way things are shaping up, uh, you know, I've decided to get back into more Star Wars content because uh, it's more enjoyable. Absolutely. Uh, well, welcome back, and uh, really looking forward to seeing a lot more of you. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, you can uh, join the airwaves with us from time to time. Um, Scott, how are you doing today? Super fantastic. Are you kidding me? It's a gorgeous day. It's it's about half a degree in South Georgia, but we're doing great. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, might be a little warmer there than it is here in Chicago. So that's fantastic. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> excellent excellent um so i put it out there uh scott we were going to talk about solo but uh mike you um you reached out to me and uh you were really interested in also jumping in on this conversation um what was that all about well i started um the two med two network uh, right before solo came out um and the February. Uh, so just a, a couple months before. And that's where I started to meet a lot of the people in the community and kind of dove into the, the Star Wars podcasting and, and content creating. Um, and it was kind of uh, enjoyable and a little bit um, off-putting going back. All of my content that I started with was solo. So going back and watching all these videos from when I had just started out and literally this is my first YouTube video, I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, not like I don't have any idea what I'm doing now, but you know, I was completely brand new and just not really that bad, but kind of cringy at the same time. You 
were off to something. So, uh, Solo, uh, Solo, you, you really uh, got your feet wet with Solo then? Yeah, that's what uh, pretty much got me started. Money. Or is it something else? And I will tell you, Ro, in honor of today, I went and had lunch at Denny's. Because <laughs> I knew we were, I was trying to get into that solo vibe. Right. Did you have lunch with uh, Therm Scissor Punch? I did not. I did not. <laughs> but, you know, I, it, it brought back my memories of trying to talk the waitresses out of everything that they had. You know, what about, oh, this, yeah. what about this menu? Can I take the menu? Is it, would it be okay? Can I pay you for the menu? Can, how about that button you're wearing? Can I take it? Would you give that to me? I'll give you a tip. That's funny. Oh, my God. That is funny. You know, I did that. I did that with episode one. Um, I don't know if I, I mentioned that last time we were together. Uh, when I went out to Los Angeles to go see uh, episode one. We were at uh, a Taco Bell, and the the young lady behind the counter was wearing a Star Wars Episode One Pepsi T-shirt, and um, I started my offer at uh, fifty bucks to have her Whoa. take the shirt off and um, and give it to me. Um, she refused, even after I surpassed one hundred and twenty five dollars to to uh, <laughs> to acquire the uh, the Pepsi uh, Episode One uh, shirt. So kudos to her. Uh, if she still has it, I guess. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things, you know, you, you get all this marketing stuff and you want to you want a piece of the action. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I if if you want to offer me one hundred and twenty five for my shirt, by the way, I'll, I'll take it off right now. <laughs> Nobody wants that. But, you know, just telling you. But did you ever get the shirt? I did not. No, she 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 refused uh, even my high my highest offer. So I did not. Oh. Well, what do you know? You got a line on a ship? Yeah, I know a guy. He's the best smuggler around. I heard a story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. I have a unique episode one shirt in that uh, a buddy of mine was managing the local theater and asked me to work for him because mm -hmm. he knew episode one was going to be uh, you know, very busy and he needed people. And I said, yeah, I'll do it as long as I can actually watch the movie at midnight. You know, uh, whatever else we got to do. I got, and he said, sure, that's fine. And I said, and you got to pay for my ticket. And he said, okay. So I did that, but we got t-shirts with it and they, the theater had them custom made. So they're just specific to the staff of that theater for that night. And I still uh, have that. So, oh, very nice. And don't offer me 125 for it. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to go a little higher. Uh, 130. Okay. <laughs> 130? You take 132. 130. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Michael, have you ever stolen any uh, marketing paraphernalia from any of the movies? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple things that I, I won't say where I got them, but uh, needless to say. <laughs> There's a, a few items um, that I've acquired, uh, you know, whether or not the people where I acquired them from knew I was leaving with them or not. Um, and possibly the people that gave me permission to take it didn't have permission to give. <laughs> right oh, kind of the same thing here's a hundred dollars and i'll take that okay fine sure act like you're supposed to be there and act like you know what you're doing and yeah. the rest of it should work out exactly yeah. you know they say that uh the uh garbage is public domain uh for the most part um when uh the star wars special editions came out lucasfilm mailed out a whole bunch of press kits 
and uh, I work at a TV station. I just happened to walk past uh, a garbage bin and I look down and I see a black folder with a uh, Star Wars special edition on it. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of swiped that and started uh, leafing through it and it was pretty thick. It was actually um, uh, some photos and uh, lobby cards of uh, Star Wars special edition uh, still frames of the of the movie, like a kind of a before and after. You've got Han Solo and the actor that was going to play Jabba the Hutt versus Han Solo and, you know, CGI Jabba the Hutt. And it was, uh, you know, the press release that uh, was uh, sent out to media. Um and like I said, you know, it was at the it was in the garbage at the time, so it was uh, it was mine. I grabbed that's that fair game. Yeah, I grabbed that sucker. I you um, know I had the same thing when special editions came out. Uh, a literally UPS guy dropped off two reel to reel tapes that were thirty second spots for the special editions, and we they didn't buy us. They weren't running the head, so I went all right. Well, I'll just take these home then. I guess. So. <laughs> wow. Well, I found this little hole in the wall place that's still open. Um, little movie theater. It has three or four screens. Uh, the guy's a uh, big nerd. So whenever there's a Marvel movie coming out, he, he gets all of the bells and whistles. And, you know, he has everything that the big AMC or, you know, a movie theater is going to have. Um, and so I started talking with him. But then everything, you know, that was right before COVID. Uh, when I found this place and we, there really wasn't anything, nothing's come out since then. Um, so, but hopefully when we uh, start getting a few more Star Wars movies out there, I'll be able to uh, acquire some of that stuff, even if I have to pay for it. Yeah. Very nice. Absolutely. Bring your, uh, bring your muscle just in case. Yes. <laughs> in case you have to take it. Hey, friends, just a quick reminder, if you enjoy our content and don't want to commit to a Patreon tier, you can show your love in other ways. Oh, yeah. Of course, you can take advantage of our merchandise store at TeePublic, where we've got cool designs from all across the Red 5 network. Look for sale announcements and save up to 30 to 35% on all our merchandise. Oh, nice. And there's also a very convenient way to help support the channel. As you know, coffee is our friend. It keeps us going. You can show your appreciation by heading over to buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Any amount starting at five bucks, a one-time treat for us to help with all the stuff it takes to maintain the quality you deserve. And remember, it's always sunny on Scarif. And that's the scuttlebutt. And pass the cream, please. Solo, 1996, starring Mario Van Peebles. No, wait. <laughs> oh, no, wrong Solo, right? Yeah. Was that wow. one 96? Okay, yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> oh, 1996. That was a good year. There's actually, um, if you just put in Solo movie, um, <laughs> there's about five or six of them that come up. Huh. Yeah. That is funny. I did, you know, originally I did put that in and then I got uh, Mario Van Peebles. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Totally forgot about that one. Sunny Spoon. Too funny. Um, so, yeah, let's um, 
I know we got a couple of takes um, on Solo. Like I said, Brad and I never really uh, did an episode on this, but, uh, you know, the movie is uh, how many years old, five years old, whatever. Um, but uh, I still kind of wanted to talk about it. There's some stuff on there that uh, to me is still interesting. But I wanted to ask you guys, uh, we'll go around the table uh, one at a time. What is your overall take on Solo? Does it deserve it's uh, notoriety. Let's uh, let's start with Scott. I don't think it deserves scorn and derision. I think it's I think it's a <laughs> decent effort. I mean, it's it's uh, it's not up there with with the OT. It's not up there even probably with a Rogue One, but uh, it makes a decent effort at it. I think Donald Glover's really good at it. Uh, I think I think they really did a great job of not letting you see anything on the screen because um, everything is completely dark, but. <laughs> Um, that's, when look, that, that's, overall, that's when that whole thing started, huh? Oh, it is. Oh, <laughs> I, I tried to rewatch today just to see, you know, just, and it's every scene is just dark, 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 dark. Um, but in the overall, I mean, it's, it's a decent effort. I mean, look, probably the biggest stumbling block you have is Alden Ehrenreich is a good actor who will never be Harrison Ford. Right. And, you know, that's the problem they'll have with all of that stuff is that nobody will ever be Harrison Ford. And sure. so what do you do when you recast Harrison Ford? You can't. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I think that's, a, but there's, a, there's a lot of neat visuals in there. There's a lot of neat little moments in there and some good performances. Um, I, no, I don't think it deserves the scorn it gets. Is it, is it a top of the pile movie? No, but I think it's, I think it's good. It's enjoyable. Sure. Um, I'm, we're going to talk about some of the reasons for it's uh quote unquote failure. I think, um, you know, you had mentioned one um, specifically for for me, uh, my opinion. But Michael, what do you think? Do you uh, what is your overall take on Solo? My overall opinion is that it's the most entertaining Star Wars movie. Um, and like yes, out, out of all of them, the most. I'm not saying it's the best by far, <laughs> but it's it's the most fun. It's the most kind of lively, sure. upbeat. Um, okay, you okay. Know, more. It's pretty much a comedy. Um, you know the mm-hmm. the entire time uh, and it is you know, it's a star wars movie through and through because i mean you have kasdan that wrote it so it, it's you have a, a you know ot um legend writing the movie right now you mentioned uh you mentioned uh it's kind of a comedy um Based on some of the controversy, you had um, Solo being a uh, a real comedy. Uh, previous directors, Lord and Miller, um, were supposedly um, structuring this movie almost as – and somebody – I remember back in the day, you know, there were a lot of articles and news clips that were – kind of documenting some of the controversy. They were comparing this new movie to uh, to Ace Ventura. And, um, you know, when I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, really? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's uh, I guess that's one of the uh, one of the controversial takes on as far as what the behind the scenes reason for, um, you know, all the stuff that transpired. Um, Lord Miller being replaced by Ron Howard. Um, and what did Lord and Miller do before Solo? I know since solo you know the they did the wonderful you know spider-verse uh film but i can't remember what they did before 
They did the Lego movie. They did uh, 21 okay. Jump Street. Right. Okay. Um, now I remember. I think they did 22 Jump Street for that matter. Um, you know, their their niche was certainly comedy. Yeah. And again, you know, fly in the wall. We're never going to know exactly what happened, but it's uh, it's interesting to kind of uh, hear all the turmoil that went on behind the scenes of that film. Um, let's uh, you know, I wanted to get some of the the negative stuff out of the way because I do want to end on a high note because I, I I'm with you, Scott. It's I think it's both you guys said it's kind of a, an enjoyable film. Um you know, it's not uh, perfect by any means, but I do want to end on a good note. But let's uh, let's get all the, uh, the the bad stuff out of the way. What do you guys think uh, were some of the reasons for its failure? Do you guys, uh, you know, and, and everybody was throwing around Star Wars fatigue, no marketing, fans uh, voted with their wallets after the Last Jedi, Star Wars in May um, was was thrown around, and and um, that's that's one. I mean, I. I have my opinions on all of those uh, bullet points, but the the Star Wars in May question mark was always kind of goofy to me because Star Wars has always been in May. Well, this movie you know? wasn't just just in May; it was May twenty fifth, right? I mean, you, you <laughs> Star Wars did okay. Return of the Jedi did pretty well, coming yeah. out on the exact same day. So, I, I don't, Star Wars in May is not. I just I shoved that one off the table, Michael. I hope you don't disagree with that because I'm shoving it off the table <laughs> no, as we no, speak. I, I think Star Star Wars, you know, Star Wars May, Star Wars Christmas. They're either one. It, it doesn't really matter yeah. to me. They're it's that's what Star Wars is. Yep. Now, I you know I I will have to say that I do prefer Star Wars to uh, to to be uh, in May. I Star Wars for me has always been a summer blockbuster. I love Star Wars in the summer. It's an event thing. I, I I don't like Star Wars in December. Um, I just it's it's uh, it's too cold. <laughs> I I live in Chicago, so <laughs> see, damn it, bring it back to May. And I grew to love Star Wars in December. Uh, when they first announced that Force Awakens was a December movie, I went, "Oh, that's not good because it's got to be May. It's Star Wars for crying out loud. It's got to be right. May." Uh, right. But I really. I, I liked the fact that a lot of the films, you know, the film traffic kind of dies down right after Christmas. There's not a lot of other releases and you just kind of keep going back and it's still there and still there. I, 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 uh, I think I watched it. I think I saw it eight times at the, the force awakens. I saw eight times at the theater, uh, just because it, it kept hanging on and hanging on. In fact, sure. me and some buddies, we recorded a commentary track and then I went the last time I saw it, I went and listened to my commentary track as I watched the film, the theaters, <laughs> want to make sure that i knew what i was talking about so right that's too funny so we got one out of the way star wars in may question mark uh heck yeah. yeah um so we'll uh we'll set that aside i do want to go through uh some of the other bullet points that we talked about what do you guys think of star wars fatigue solo bombed because there were just too much star wars thoughts i really don't think that that should even be on the table either because you have, I know Ro, you and I have had conversations about how the movies make their money, whether it's, um, you know, Die Hard seen it multiple times or, or the, the normies or just people going to see uh, the movies, but you know, your, your diehards are going to go see the movie. Um, your movie goers, people that go to the movies, that's the thing that they do. It doesn't really matter what movie they go see. They're going to go, they're going to see the movie anyways. Um, and so is it, you know, is five months for a completely different Star Wars movie because it's not a saga movie. Um, it's right. you know, a, a standalone. W was that really 
I mean, you have The Last Jedi, so that spurs about five or six different conversations um, mm-hmm. about okay. Solo. Um, but is is the five, six months, uh, you know, in between fatigue? I really don't think that it is. Right. And, you know, my, my example, too, is like now we're getting two Star Wars shows in a week. Where's the mm-hmm. fatigue now? Yeah. You know? I, I don't you look when Marvel can do three or four films in a year plus three or four TV shows in a year and nobody's well, they weren't talking about Marvel fatigue. They may be now, but uh, nobody was at the time. Certainly, uh, I, I don't think two Star Wars movies in five months, particularly as Star Wars happy as we'd gotten. I mean, Force Awakens made almost a billion dollars domestically. Right. In the United States, that movie made almost a billion dollars. Uh, and then Rogue One, which was a movie about nobody that anybody had ever seen or heard of, with the exception of Vader, um, makes six hundred million domestically. I mean, these these are these are huge numbers for these films. Um, I do think I know that we have to go there. I think there. I think there's a combination of things. I think there's three major factors here. I think the drama behind the scenes because it it got a lot of publicity. The firing of the directors, the budget right. going crazy bringing in Ron Howard to salvage it. Uh, I think that sent the message to a lot of people that this movie's a mess. We don't need to mess with it. Uh, I think, yes, there was a lot of fan fallout from Last Jedi. Obviously, fandom is divided on that, but the point is they're divided on it. Um, And I think you also have a movie that really was suited to come out right after The Force Awakens, where we get the conclusion of Solo's story, and then you follow that up a few months later with, the beginning of his story. Let's take a look back and see. And instead it, it rogue one is the next thing that comes out. And then last Jedi and then solo where, you know, if, if, if I think that movie had come out where rogue one did, I think it does a lot better. Sure. Even with the uh, director change. Uh, yeah. I don't know that. It, I mean, part of the delay I think was probably the director change, but yeah. Right. Yeah. And how many people, how many normies are going to respond to behind the scenes drama, um, especially if, you know, if if they don't see it, if they're not on social media, if they don't see it, um, is it is is behind the scenes drama really a factor in, uh, you know, in you going to see a movie or not? I think that's the thing about this one, though. I think I think that one generated mainstream headlines. Yeah. And that's why I think uh, I think that was a factor because of that. Sure. What do you think, Mike? I think that the major reason, um, I mean, I, I think that the, the points that we brought up about um, The Last Jedi and the, di- the, the division and um, the fandom with that movie, uh, you know, probably played a little bit of a part. But I think that the, there was no marketing for Solo. And I can tell you this because other than Denny's um, <laughs> getting like that was that's that was their marketing was Denny's. Um, I'm in New York City. Uh, I went to Good Morning America. Um, I got tickets uh, for the trailer premiere um, and whatever that was, uh, February or, or uh, I, don't, I don't even remember. Uh, but I was the only person there that was a star Wars fan that was there for that. Um, they put me with one other person that was wearing a star Wars t-shirt and he just happened to be wearing it because, um, <laughs> but I mean, like if, if you look at all the other star Wars movies, there's at least, you, you know, that the premiere is going to be tomorrow. Um, you know, we, we found out on Sunday that the premiere was going to be on 
uh, the trailer premiere was going to be on a Monday or whatever it was. So there was, there was no, no word of mouth. There was, you know, I mean, just the fact that no one was there at Good Morning America um, for this, when normally there's going to be people all outside and in costumes and, you know, just no one knew about it. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, um, I think, you know, for Solo, um, when it comes to marketing, so I live in Chicago, obviously. I did see billboards. I did see uh, television spots. They weren't your traditional 30s. I saw a lot of 15s and 10s, which uh, does make me believe that, uh, you know, maybe they did cut down on, on marketing. Um, but I did see billboards, like I said, I, I, you know, I saw some stuff, but, um, I, I mean, I, I, I guess I can, I can be considered like an Uber fan. So I knew that the movie was coming. I knew when it was being released. Um, it was kind of, you know, in the forefront of my, um, you know, in, in my consciousness. So I, I knew that it was coming. Um, you know, the other thing too, that I think hurt this movie, you know, obviously we talked about the last Jedi, but you know, in my experience, I had a lot of friends that after the last Jedi, there was a mass exodus of fans to star Wars. Mm -hmm. And, um, as much as I do not like the last Jedi, I always say it's interesting to me that a lot of people gave so much psychological power to the last Jedi to make them leave the fandom. Um, you know, I, I don't like the last Jedi, but I remained a star Wars fan because I just, I just like the, the movies. I like the IP. I like the, the characters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I'm always open to, you know, exploring more star Wars. Um, but, uh, yes, I, I, I do believe that there was a mass exodus, um, after the last Jedi. And, you know, there's another aspect of it, too. I had a couple of friends that said uh, that used that whole, you know, tired phrase. I didn't ask for this movie. And nobody wanted to see a history of Han Solo, um, uh, you know, for whatever reason, whether they were afraid that they were going to screw it up or they, you know, they just didn't want to know. They kept it. They wanted to keep Solo, you know, a mysterious cool character or whatever um that one i i uh, um i didn't really understand i i still don't understand the we didn't ask for this movie mentality um because we didn't ask for the first star wars movie and we got it <laughs> and we didn't know what we needed either in that case did we yeah, yeah. i've, I've never really i've true. never understood that i've never understood the the uh we didn't ask for any of this mentality i mean what 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 did we ask for exactly? And when we get what we ask for, do we ever like it? I mean, I mean, a lot of us asked for Fletch lives. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, when, when it comes to Star Wars, when we get what we ask for, we're generally not happy because <laughs> oh god, <laughs> we can't write Star Wars the way that they do. Even Star Wars that people don't like is better than the majority of Star Wars that a fan is going to write themselves. So, yeah. you know, you, I mean, you have, to, you have to kind of look at it that way that, you know, and, and then what you like in star Wars and what I like in star Wars, isn't going to be the same. That's why you're going to think that this movie, it, it, when you rank your movies, that's why we have different rankings on where we have things in our movies, because some people like more of the Jedi or more of the majestic. Some people like more of the action. 
Um, right. You know, there's, yeah. there's the weird people that want to just there and talk about trade routes. I'm, I'm I mean, sure. yeah, we yeah, we, we definitely saw that, especially after Andor. I mean, people that really loved Andor, you know, there was one aspect of, of the fandom that's, you know, Andor is not Star Wars. Where's the Jedi? Where are the spaceships? Where's the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, there's, you know, the, with an IP as old as, as Star Wars, I mean, there's there's definitely a, a different flavor of Star Wars for for all the the uh, the the likes. Um, so it's, you know interesting it's interesting to to think about that let's take a short break and we are going to hear about some of our wonderful patrons we'll be right back all right friends time to say thank you and acknowledge all the wonderful souls that help keep the lights on over here at the scarif scuttlebutt podcast team scarif gives you all a heartfelt thanks we're super lucky to have you big thanks to our executor tier patrons backyard tardis nick schaefer a huge supporter of the red five network go support his channel and catch up on his adventures in locksmithing scott and kim from the used and abused podcast another red five pod look for them on all the socials can't forget our other patrons rogue one radio thank you dj Steve and Nicole and check out comics and cosmetics Danny's got some lovely takes on comics and uh, cosmetics go subscribe to her show our Miami pal the Frank what's up Frank and Joey Rosales longtime supporter of the scuttlebutt thank you kind sir massive shout out to my co-host and mistress of the dark Chantel of Scarif After Dark and the ever so wonderful Belinda thank you so much and I'm glad you're on this list Big thanks to our other friends, Alex and Jay, and our resident classic Hollywood expert, one of our favorite collaborators, Melanie Marquita. Big hugs to you, my friend. Huge respect to all our patrons. And if you want to help us keep the lights on over here and enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. It's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. Cadet Solo. Still can't decide if you're brave or stupid. Well, I'd like to think I'm a little of both, sir. Uh, Moth. Sir, Sir Moth? It's Commodore. And if you think smart-ass is the way to go here, you're sorely mistaken. All right, guys, thank you very much for joining us. We are still talking about solo a star wars story or uh this episode is called solo a scuttlebutt story uh brad and i never talked about solo uh but i got friends michael and scott to uh, help me out and tease this episode out and uh just kind of go through the motions here um we uh let's um let's uh talk about the other elephant in the room what um scott you had mentioned uh at the beginning of the show uh some of the things that didn't work for you when it comes to solo and i think i i will have to agree with one thing uh that you mentioned um alden uh, um how do you pronounce his last name aaron reich aaron reich yeah. yeah um i think uh that was probably one of the biggest things that didn't work for me uh is um I don't know. You had mentioned it earlier. I mean, Harrison Ford has such a, uh, a charismatic persona to uh, replace him with anything less than what he brings to the table when he does his uh, acting uh, would be uh, criminal. And I think it was criminal. Um, and it's unfortunate because you're right. Uh, Alden is a, a very talented actor. It's just that Alden is not Han Solo. 
No. Um, what else? Uh, I'm going to ask uh, Michael as well. But what else uh, did not work for you guys in in uh, in this film? Scott, you can and go Mike, first. Okay, I'll go first. Uh, the one of the other big things that just didn't work for me is that there kind of became a trope once Disney Star Wars started. And I'm not one of these guys that you know poo poos everything Disney Star Wars, but there became a thing where 90 pound little girls beat the crap out of guys all the time. Oh. Uh, Ray followed <laughs> by Jen Urso, then Infus Nest. And I actually turned to my wife at one point when we first went to the film, and I said. Emphasis Ness is going to turn out to be a little girl watch <laughs> and Emphasis Ness turned out to be a little girl. And when you, when you go back and watch the fight scenes and you go, the physicality of the person engaging in that fight scene is not a little girl. Uh, it's one reason I was a big fan of Cara Dune. Um, the Imperial from, from the, the episode three of the Mandalorian, she's got a physicality about her that you say, okay, you know what? I, I can see her in that, in that conflict. Uh, but another little girl, beating the crap out of guys i just it's just a thing that if it happens once i okay i can believe it and then it happens twice and i start to go well and then the third time and i go oh come on guys come up with something else <laughs> you're so toxic scott <laughs> <laughs> it's just when they're five feet and 90 pounds they can't all overpower men all the time i'll accept it a few times right. but after I a mean, while come leia, on. Didn't, leia didn't have a very physical prowess no but that's um, to me, that's another one that I had to buy before you get to Infus Nest. Yeah, the Leia didn't do a lot of physicality. I think the first time she really got physical, um, she did use a chain. She chokes, yeah, she chokes, yeah. she chokes Jabba out. Sure. Yeah. Uh well, what about you, Scott? What what are some of the things that didn't work for you in, in solo? I'm sorry, Michael. Um, well, I, I know there was a lot of uh people that were um upset because they introduce characters to us and they don't last very long. You had Rio, mm -hmm. um, who was a fan favorite and everybody loved, but they killed him off, but you kind of had to kill him off for the story because you needed a reason to have a pilot. Um, you know, you had Val, uh, who we have a, you know, a strong, now she might not have had the physical prowess that you're talking about. Um, but I, her attitude, I feel that she could have, you know, kicked some ass. Uh, I never once had a question on her when watching her. Never once. You know, yeah. and, and they, you know, and and we lost, you know, they killed her off a couple of minutes into the movie. Yeah. Um, it's it's funny because, I, you know, I, I know that started with, uh, you know, everybody dies at the end of Rogue One. And mm -hmm. for obvious reasons, they would have to explain why these people are not in the original trilogy. And, and I get that. Um, you know, to a degree, you know, you don't have to explain, you know, everything like, you know, they just went into hiding. They just don't want to be part of the, you know, the, the story. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, killing everybody off in solo, I think, um, with, uh, with Val's character, I, I know a lot of people got, uh, you know, their, their underwear in a bunch, uh, because she is such a strong female character, um, just killed off uh it's but, uh but but she took herself off the board and that is a strong yeah, move sure and i think they i think they did it well i think you know they mm -hmm. were obviously they were on a mission and um she did it to kind of save everybody everybody yep. yeah um, she it, she sacrificed herself so that yeah the rest of the team could flourish or survive sure uh, you know which i mean obi-wan does it 
and right. nobody has a problem with it. Sure. Yeah. yeah we just met him. Yeah, we did just so, meet him. That's true. You know, so people get a little upset because Luke did it, but you know, they had a, they had a little more connection to him than Obi-Wan, but look yeah. at the people that when, you know, the prequels was um, their introduction to star Wars. So they may have never seen the OT or never, you know, Obi-Wan is one of the people they grew up. They grew up with Obi-Wan and um, Anakin. They didn't grow up with Luke. Um, so they, they get Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan. And then the next movie, when, you know, he's this all powerful person going to teach them, they kill him off. Yeah. You know, to go on a side road here, my master plan in raising my child, my son was born in 1997. And, uh, my master plan was that he was the, the prequel trilogy was going to unfold and he would actually see Darth Vader. You know, he'd see Anakin and then see him devolve into Darth Vader. Uh, and I thought this is going to be great and I'm not going to tell him a thing. And, uh, I guess he was about three years old and I had him at work one day and he had an Anakin action figure with him. And one of the guys at work goes, Oh yeah, who's that? And some goes, it's Anakin. And he goes, Oh, you know, Anakin turns out to be Darth Vader. And I was like, Oh crap. (laughs) Oh no. Come on, man. (laughs) Ruined the master plan. Yeah. That's, um, that's funny that you chose to do that because I'm always uh I'm always a believer in watching the uh the films in the order of release because you know the the uh this way you know you're not surprised by the uh the major drop in the Empire Strikes Back for me. Normally anyway. yes, but I was I was uh uh what would you say I was conducting a live human experiment. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, I didn't feel comfortable showing my son the back half of Empire Strikes Back. Anyway, I didn't think, you know, at the, at the age of two or three that he should watch somebody getting his hand lopped off. So <laughs> life I lessons, said, well, man, life lessons. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, so, you know, he watched episode four and then the prequels are coming out. And I just thought, man, this is going to be great because we'll just take him through there. And then he will actually start with the he'll grow up with this child like wonderful Anakin and then grow and then watch him fall and be totally crushed by it. And we'll see how it affects him. Yes, I regarded my parenting as a total social experiment. (laughs) And uh, it got ruined early on. So, And I kept trying to ignore it, too, because he goes, Darth Vader, Anakin, Darth Vader. I go, I don't know what you're talking about, kid. (laughs) Well, I I just, uh, on that note, um, I just became a father for the first time uh, last month. Congratulations. You know, thank you. Hardest job you'll ever do. Um, Most rewarding, but hardest. I was going to say, so far, it's, it's the best job I've ever had. So Yeah. Um, but with, you know, this being the golden age of star Wars or, you know, whatever you want to call it, where there's just so much star Wars content and the majority of it is still very, very good. Um, you know, it's like, how are you, how am I going to be able to introduce them to the Mandalorian or the cartoon series and him have questions and, you know, be able to do the same thing. Um, like, you know, your little experiment that you were doing where you're going to start off and, and do it this way and, and see what happens. Um, you know, where like, I don't even know if that's possible to do because you would have, I would have to keep everything away from him. Sure. Um, yep. so yeah, he would never, yep. never, never know the, the cartoons. Um, you know, even if, uh, yeah. Or, you know, all the books, you know, I've, I've already mm-hmm. started, I, you know, I, um, I, I, right now I'm reading, uh, a hero, the hero with a thousand faces, uh, the Joseph Campbell, um, to him, you know, he's a month old. He has no idea what it is, but he doesn't know the <laughs> pictures anyways, if I'm reading a story to him. So I, you might as well, you know, something I want to brush up on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
it's too funny what a, a weird way uh, to social experiment. Like if we had multiple kids, like each each kid would have a role and then we'd have a, a control kid in this experiment. <laughs> like how would that work out? <laughs> well, you know, there, there was that variable. Right? Yeah. Oh, my no. God. We didn't take all the variables into the account with the experiment. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, man. <laughs> it's like a link letter film. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back to solo. I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. anything else that didn't work for you guys in, in solo. Um, L three. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. That, that, that was the biggest one that everybody had issues with. Um, played by Phoebe Waller bridge Bridger. Um, and I'm going to do a heel turn on this. Go ahead. Um, L three is probably my least favorite of star Wars characters. Um, okay. She was so over the top with the, the droid rights and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of forgot about this until I saw w- <laughs> one of the videos um, that I had made where I think they were, that was where there was so much um, discourse at the time, um, even, you know, without the, the last Jedi, but, where everything, the social justice warrior, where that term came into effect, mm-hmm. um, where they were basically like, you want to talk about a Mary Sue? Um, you want to talk about social justice warriors? Here, we're going to give you a character where there is no doubt in in your mind that this is a social justice warrior if you want to talk about social justice warriors. Like, I, I really think that they're like, here you go. This You, you want to talk about what you don't like? Well, we're going to give it to you 100%. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And and in principle, I do agree, but I have a certain soft spot in my heart for L3 because of the droids rights thing. And I'll tell you why. Um, when, when I was a kid, I was completely eaten up with the Marvel star Wars stuff. Marvel star Wars was star Wars because there, you know, when there was no film, there was just one film and then there were Marvel star Wars things. And they, Archie Goodwin, when he took over writing it, really started to delve into that whole notion that you saw expressed in that first film. Hey, you're not permitted in there. It's restricted. Uh, you know, we don't serve their kind here. They'll have to wait outside. There was a distinctly expressed, at least in the first film, prejudice against droids. Uh, they didn't have full rights. They weren't allowed into escape pods. They weren't allowed into certain establishments. And, um, Archie Goodwin, actually, the character now is being used in Marvel, but not to the same effect. Uh, Balance the Hunter was created, mm-hmm. and he was a guy who was, he's a bounty hunter, but he's he's half human and half droid because of an accident. And he is he loathes the droid half of him because he doesn't see it as you know equal to society. So he covers it up for the most part. And then, of course, there's always a great battle sequence where half of the covering gets ripped off and it looks spectacular. But... Uh, so uh, there was a lot of playing with that notion of of do droids have full rights in that society. So when they they brought that in, it kind of was a throwback to that for me. And I always enjoyed those stories where they did kind of explore that in the old Marvel books. So that's uh, the one good thing I will say about L3. I can see that. I can see that. Um she, yes, yeah, she was over the top. I think the uh character was um uh was definitely over the top. I didn't have a big problem with her, but I think the the over the topness of of her uh, lines and some of her 
actions um, really kind of turned me off a little bit. Um, not to mention the fact that, uh, you know, Lando uh, was all over that metal, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, yeah. That was, uh, was a little weird. <laughs> but um, it's neither here nor there. No. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. And I know, you know, the the whole droid situation in Star Wars uh, stemming from, Scott, what you said from the original uh, film. Um, and then, you know, we get a little bit of that, too, with The Mandalorian lately, uh, mm-hmm. even in season one, where, you know, we've established the fact that uh, Mando just doesn't like droids. Yeah. Um, and there is kind of a, you know, a prejudice against uh, mechanical uh automatons in this galaxy um yeah and there should be because a, an army of droids tried to take over the whole galaxy right so in that aspect you know it uh it kind of does make sense mm-hmm. um but uh you know i i can appreciate people's uh thoughts on the over the top um notion of uh of l3 you know being uh disrespectful to uh its human you know masters creators however you want to put it it's interesting um anything else that didn't work for you guys um you know i i i think you know kind of thinking about it there's not a lot that didn't work there's a couple of things that were just kind of like you know top of mind um but uh anything else that you guys can think of that uh really just didn't work for you for solo did I mention it's really, really dark? <laughs> Just, I'd throw that in there again. Really, really dark. It is really dark. Hey, hey, big fella. Just calm down. Take it easy. We're on the same side. You like treats? Ah! Ah! Let, let me out of here! Let me out of here! You guys mentioned it. I think Solo is kind of a fun film to watch. Uh, I um, I was lucky enough to watch it on the big screen when it first came out. It was, uh, you know, obviously Star Wars being uh, an event thing for me. Uh, grab a couple of friends, hang out, go to dinner, grab some drinks, and, and head on over to uh, our local AMC here and just have a good time. Um, I saw a lot of people after it was dropped on Disney plus regret that they did not see it in the theater because they, you know, they, they said it was just a lot of fun. Um, so, um, you know, next time there's a star Wars, uh, out in the big screen, I know we have, uh, some time before that happens again, hopefully soon, but, um, we'll see. Uh, yeah, go out to your local theater and uh, grab a bag of popcorn and some jujubes and sit back and relax. Do they still sell Actually, jujubes? <laughs> I have no idea. Well, I wouldn't touch them if they did. Uh, <laughs> I remember because we went and saw it the first night, and then the next day, and that became kind of a tradition with the with the new Star Wars releases to go see it the, that midnight show or the first night show, and then go see it the next day. And uh, my buddy Riley, who did the Star Wars report, wanted me on to discuss it. And, uh, there was a very tight window between the second show I'd already bought tickets for and when he wanted to record. So I brought my backpack into the movie theater and told them, Hey guys, I need this and I need a, a plug and blah, blah, blah. And 
I'm bringing this in. There's no food in here. And they let me bring my backpack in there. And then the second the movie was over, I jumped up and ran and found a corner of the, of the movie theaters and plugged in my laptop and my USB mic and did, and did the podcast from the movie theater right after I'd oh. seen it for the second time. Wow. That's too funny. Yeah. Another thing I had forgotten about um, when I went to go see the movie uh, the first time at um, was at the first showing, whatever time it was um, I saw it in 4d. So it's, you know, no. the seats are moving and everything. Yeah. <laughs> so I purposely didn't make my um, reaction or review video until I went to go see it a second time because I didn't want to have, like, I was equated to, it was, it was, it was like a Disneyland ride. You know, I was, I was all, I was on that new, new content creator high, you know, this is my, the first thing I'm doing. I'm going to see it. It was like a ride at Disneyland, you know? So it's like, okay, I, I'm going to, you know, be, you know, put that in perspective. I'm going to wait. I didn't, I couldn't go see it the next day because I had to work. Uh, but the following day I would go see it. Um, but yeah, now here's a question. What do you think would happen? Um, a lot of people were upset they didn't get to see it in the theater. If they re-released it, there's hmm. you, you don't really need any market. I mean, you need very minimal budget um, for a re-release. Um, your diehards are going to go see it. Um, a lot of your normies or, or other people are going to go see it just because it's a Star Wars movie, so let's go see it in, in, um, you know, on the big screen. You know, it's interesting because, you know, um, right before they released uh, the Andor series, they dropped uh, An uh, Rogue One in the movie theaters. Um, and, you know, it, it made some coin. Um, I know a few people that went to go see it a couple times. Um, I, um, I think if you re-release Solo... Uh, you know, you might get uh, you might get some people in the seats again, um, you know, especially those who may have found that they should have seen it in the first place, who enjoyed it. I mean, there's I think there's always uh, there's always an audience for people that want to see, you know, stuff like that on the big screen. And I know, you know, you have the ability to either pop in a, a disc uh, or, you know, stream it um, at home. But, um, you know, there are, there are people like, you know, me included, uh, that, uh, would rather see anything like that on, on the big screen in a movie theater. It would do better than the Morbius re-release. Does that, does that really say anything? <laughs> yeah. That puts it all in perspective, Scott. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what's up, Chicago friends? If you are in the Andersonville area and want to check out a really cool comic book shop, head on over to Alley Cat Comics, 5304 North Clark Street in Chicago. If you're into comics, magna, gaming, and all the cool stuff, Alley Cat Comics is the place to be. Gotta love Celine and the rest of the gang over at Alley Cat Comics. Pick up your gaming supplies, set aside your comic books, grab the latest Star Wars and Marvel books, or give them a call at 773-907-3404 and tell them the scare of scuttlebutt podcast sent you oh yeah alley cat comics in chicago it's where the cool cats hang see what i did there
let's um, let's go around the table again and, and say, you know, we talked about what didn't work, but what did work for you? What were your favorite parts, uh, characters, uh, story elements, surprises? Uh, Michael, let's start with you. Um, well, like you said, it's a story nobody asked for. Um, but <laughs> the you know the story of Han Solo, um, you know, with the exception of maybe uh, how he got his name. Um, <laughs> But, you know, he, he's this dreamer, this idealistic kid. He's going to, you know, go save the world with the girl he loves. And, you know, then he's betrayed by her. He's betrayed by his best friend. Everything, nothing, he can't do anything right. Um, you know, and, and it's just kind of like, you know, a failure. So it, it kind of explains how he became this, you know, jaded smuggler that we we see um before you know who has a good heart who is a good person um but you know it just came, he got to the point in his life where it was him and chewy and that's it and you know it doesn't matter what he does they're gonna they're gonna survive together the two of them that's um, all you can count on yeah yeah um yeah i think overall i didn't mind the story um like you said you know how he got his name okay but, um, you know, I, I, I think one of the one of the things that really surprised me um, about the movie is how much um, Junus, uh, the guy that played Chewbacca, um, I think Chewie stole the show in Solo. Um, obviously, having taken over from uh, the role uh, that it has been played by Peter Mayhew for so many years, um, age creeping up on uh, Mr. Mayhew. Uh, rest in peace, sir. But uh, it's um, I, I found it really cool that uh, that Chewbacca, like I said, for me, uh, he really stole the show. Um, wonderful addition, wonderful uh, performance. Um, and uh, I think the I think as, as much as we're harping on uh, Alden's uh, performance as solo, I think um, they really did have uh, some some decent chemistry. I don't know. Yeah. And, and yeah, and Chewie Chewy just looks good. He moves well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I agree. In fact, that's that's in my notes right there. Like Chewie uh, looks great. Uh, I thought Donald Glover did a great job as Lando. I think uh, you know it, how do you step in and replace Billy D. Williams? Almost as bad as trying to step in and replace Harrison Ford. Sure, uh, but I think Glover did about as good a job as anybody can do. Uh, I thought I thought Woody Harrelson was. T- I've never seen anything with Woody Harrelson that, that I've said. You know, Woody Harrelson really sucked in that movie. Yeah, um, and you know, for me, he's not a big uh, he's not a big draw like an actor. No, but but everything that he's been in, I really enjoyed. He's just good. He's yeah. just good. Um, I was a fan of the train heist sequence. I, I I've kind of felt it, a lot of people draw those parallels between Star Wars and a Western. We've never yeah. seen a train heist in Star Wars yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so to to have that train heist, I thought was great, and it was it was very well realized. I liked it. It wasn't as dark as much of the rest of the movie. So that was a good thing too. And uh, I just, I just like Amelia Clark and everything too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. I think, uh, I think Aaron did a phenomenal job, but it doesn't matter who you have. No one's ever, you know, like, like we said, no one's ever going to be Harrison Ford. So not his fault. You know, you you could have uh, the, best possible actor to play it and play the role perfectly. And it's still, you know, it, it's going to be not Harrison Ford's, yep. uh, you know, 
Donald Glover, uh, I, I think he really stole the show. Um, he was phenomenal. You know, if we would have had um, a lot more screen time uh, with Billy D. Williams, maybe that there would have been more of a, a disconnect there for me. Um, but, you know, I, I think it, it kind of shows, you know, him too. He was, you know, this, this cocky guy, you know, a smuggler out there. And, you know, he was a, a swashbuckler just like Han. And, you know, what happens? He kind of has to chill out and take responsibility now for, you know, uh, being in charge of cloud city. Um, yeah. you know, however yeah. that, you know, how we still need a little bit more of that story. We, we get a little bit in the books, but you know, I, I think there's just, there's so much more material that they can, um, you know, run with off that movie, whether it's get into the crime syndicates, how is the, you know, can they tie that into, um, you know, any, any of the, uh, Disney plus shows or, you know, what, what's going to happen with that. To, I know they talked about the, the Lando Chronicles. They were going to make do a Lando uh, TV show. Um, you know, it's, there's just so much material from that time period. I, I mean, I, you know, I'm one of those people, give me Star Wars as much as you can, because give me, you know, I'm not saying retcon things, but fill in, fill in stories um, sure. or, or branch off with, um, you know, like Crimson Dawn and, and go, that way but then give me the old republic and give me um the future of, of star wars you know th there's so many different avenues and roads that you can go down you know that that's why I, for me i don't think i'll ever have star wars fatigue yeah absolutely uh totally agree you know that train heist i really enjoyed it i really love those pimp troopers too man <laughs> a little the, the uh, fur, little fur <laughs> uh, you know huggy bear trooper yeah yeah, yeah. Nice. really really nice variant um you know i i love i love new star wars because you do get to see some new uh stormtroopers you had that uh that city trooper that uh was chasing uh han and kira at the beginning on those weird bikes um but uh stormtroopers for me are always a, a treat um in in whatever variation um but very cool you know um uh, you know, talking about the cast, uh, I wanted to pinpoint uh, Paul Bettany. Uh, mm -hmm. Dryden, Dryden Voss was supposed to be a CGI character yep. uh, originally, and obviously with the reshoots and the schedule uh, setbacks, um, they decided just to you know to use the actor with some uh, funny makeup on his cheeks. Uh, but I think uh, you know Paul Bettany is another one of those actors that uh, is great in everything he does i think if you give an actor an english accent he's going to be fantastic <laughs> <laughs> I'll that's, tell you my, what, that's my take well dryden, dryden voss was originally supposed to be played by i forget um the actor's name uh he was in the wire um oh yeah that's right the guy that he died recently a couple of years yeah. ago yeah yeah he died a few um, years ago uh, yeah. but it was it was supposed to be played by him and um but it was literally with something to do with the reshoots he had a scheduling conflict so they had to bring in um paul bettany for that yeah uh, yeah michael k williams is the original guy yeah right yeah I, and look I, what i liked about paul bettany's performance in that is uh he doesn't go he's a villain he doesn't go menacing all the time he goes very light pleasant polite fun 
but you know, I mean, when we first introduce him, he's stabbing an, a regional governor, which is, I mean, those are the, the big guys. So, you know, he's menacing. He's got a lot of power. He's got a lot of say, so he's got pull with, with the empire in some way, but he just seems light, frothy, pleasant, polite. And he yeah. just turns on the menace when he has to. Right. And then, and so, you know, he's for real and that's, it's kind of, it's almost scarier than just having him be full on batty okay. the whole time. Yeah. Right. It's like that, the psychopath gangster. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think those are the kind of the, my favorite, uh, bad guys, um, kind of, uh, you know, multi-layered if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dryden Voss for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I do hope that they, uh, continue the story. Obviously I mentioned, uh, the ending of that, uh, wow. Was my theater confused? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I regret to inform you that Dryden Voss is dead. Murdered by the thief. He hired to steal the coaxium shipment, his friend Tobias Beckett. Is that so? Where is the shipment now? Gone. Beckett took it, slaughtered the others. I alone survived. One man couldn't have done this alone. I wasn't there. But if I had been, perhaps I could have saved him. I had to uh, turn to my non-geek uh, Star Wars friend and kind of explain it uh, for the next hour on the ride home. So... Uh, uh very uh very cool stuff um but uh you know getting to uh to a point where uh the end of solo um you know pops up you we've got sam witwer uh returning to uh voice you know the the big baddie in 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 the prequels uh the return of Darth maul and uh if you are an uber nerd you know that uh Getting your body sliced in two won't stop you uh, for a damn minute. (laughs) Bring the ship and come to me on Dathomir, and you and I will then decide what to do about the traitor Beckett and his accomplices. I'm on my way. Uh, Darth Maul you know, somehow Darth Maul returned, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I, I think, uh, I think it was kind of a, I want to venture out and say it was kind of a masterful move to kind of introduce, uh, Darth Maul, reintroduce Darth Maul into this. Um, it's going to be a while if we do kind of see him back on screen. Um, obviously Michael, you, you mentioned uh, a series. I did hear that. Hopefully they, they might, uh, they might start to develop something like that. Uh, who knows now with uh, with the interim president uh, uh, with, uh, was it Bob Iger basically said, we're going to kind of uh, cut back on spending. So who knows what that means uh, overall. We're going to get, uh, you know, we've obviously gotten some news that some Star Wars projects are either canceled or on the back burner for, uh, you know, God knows how, how long. Um but um, I really enjoyed uh, Darth Maul coming back and obviously knowing the history and watching Clone Wars and Rebels, we understand that uh, Darth Maul, uh, after episode one, went on to bigger and greater things. Um, but uh, I'm, I, for one, am hoping to kind of re-explore uh, that aspect of, of his character if they do come back to offer us a conclusion. 
Yeah. And, and hopefully Ray park will be in a better place when that time comes. Kira, you and I will be working much more closely from now on. Yes. Well, Ro, I, I, Ro, I just got to bring up um, to be the Uber nerd. Um, he's technically not Darth Maul anymore. Uh, he's just Maul. This correct. <laughs> because, you know, I, sorry, I, sorry. You know, Twitter's going to explode. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, when you when you're not a senator anymore, they still call you a senator. I thought, you know, <laughs> right, uh, president. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, Darth. Uh, Darth is one of those titles. Uh, and uh, honorable mention, Clint Howard. Um, obviously, uh, whenever you see a Ron Howard movie, you uh, definitely most likely will see his brother. Um, really great to see him in this as well. He's got a nice little juicy part right in the middle there. Um, but uh, kudos to Clint um, for uh, having such a cool brother. And uh, someone else that's, that was in there uh, that's made the uh, the Star Wars um, content creator rounds. Uh, yeah, details. Yes, uh, was in there also. Right. Yeah, uh, you can see him from time to time uh, over uh, with our friend uh, Danny from Comics and Cosmetic, a uh, one of uh, our patrons. Thank you very much, Danny. But uh, yeah, details. What'd you guys think about? Um, um we'll wrap up here but i i wanted to get you what was your favorite scene or your favorite sequence of of the movie i know you talked about the train heist and that definitely is a favorite of mine um a lot of cool things there but uh any other favorites that you guys want to mention before we uh top off um i i think just uh for the scenery wise um you know you dryden Voss's um yacht um, yeah you know you're, you're seeing our when when we get the you know the original trilogy star wars is um not dark screen wise but it's kind of everything's kind of gritty and dirty you, you know you don't really see um any aspects of you know like uh you get the canto canto bite or dryden boss you don't you don't really get to see um how the ultra rich live or you know the uh the senators or or, or whoever it is um you know, so that was that was interesting, and that was kind of like the uh, the cantina scene, um, you know, from the, the OT, with right. all the characters in there. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 as you know, I liked the train chase, but I also wanted to say John Powell did a very solid job with the score. Oh yeah, really talked about that, but it's it's you know, there's there's nothing groundbreaking there other than John Williams does the theme, but um, Powell does a very solid job of keeping the movie musically afloat. And that's important for a star Wars film. You can't have a star Wars film without great music. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of cool learning that John Williams came back for this to, you know, write the, write a, a little bit of, uh, the music for that. Um, but, um, absolutely. You know, one of the things that I am always, um, going to mention, um, obviously, uh, you see the, uh, gentleman behind my, uh, right shoulder and I'm wearing the insignia of the empire. Um, it always fascinates me to see the relationship, uh, between the empire and whatever 
whatever movie they're in, whatever show they're in. Obviously, we got the ISB and Andor. Uh, very fascinating, um, you know, I guess, case study on, on the politics there. But um, one of the things that I found very interesting uh, in Solo was the relationship between the Empire and the underworld, the mob bosses, when the Empire, uh, when they're chasing Solo and Kira through that uh, the, the, the spaceport or whatever, um, you can tell that, the, you know, the Empire are there for presence um, but they can't be everywhere to control everything. And I think um, we, we get kind of a notion that uh, the mobs, the, the, the underworld dark characters are really the ones in power. Um, they, uh, they, they control the, the, the stormtroopers to a point. And obviously we see Vader talking to bounty hunters and the empire strikes back. So you get a little bit of that, but I, um, one one of the things that I really love to see is uh, is the Empire and the Underworld kind of working together because we get kind of a glimpse of, uh, I don't know, um, this might be like my JFK conspiracy st stuff coming through, but, you know, governments working with, with mob bosses, um, I find that fascinating. And again, when you can't control... I mean, Obviously, the Empire is very geared towards controlling anything and everything. They can't control anything and everything in this galaxy. It's it's a galaxy for crying out loud. Right. So sometimes they do have to cede. You know, it, it, and it goes to the old EU stuff. I mean, the solo novels by Brian Daly, if you remember those, they, he he wasn't even under, those didn't even take place in the Empire proper. They took place in the corporate sector where the corporate sector authority just kind of had a handshake with the Empire that they would run their ship over there. Mm, um, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's kind of been a recurring theme among star Wars that, that there are places that kind of exist just outside the empire. I mean, that's kind of what, what Tatooine was in episode one. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah, not yeah. the empire, but you know, it was outside the Republic, but yeah, you know, uh, the huts, you know, Jabba was in charge. Here he is. And just as long as he didn't upset the empire, um, you know, he could pretty much do whatever he wanted to. Sure. Yeah. The mining guild, Cloud City, mm -hmm. don't attract uh, too much attention. But nope. uh, yeah, you're right. You know, you, you think about the Empire and you think they, they are everywhere. But obviously, you know, we're watching um, you know, Bad Batch and, uh, you know, there are areas where, you know, you don't uh, you don't hear about the Empire. You don't see them or at least, uh, you know, you know about them. But uh, that planet, that city, whatever. Um, is of no use to them. So, yeah, interesting stuff. So, um, yeah, any final thoughts on uh, Solo, a Star Wars story? We've been talking about it for a little over an hour, uh, really having a lot of fun. What do you guys think? I think when you see somebody turn their nose up at it, if you haven't seen it because you've seen people turn their nose up at it, you should just kind of sneak off by yourself and give it a chance <laughs> yes form your own opinions damn it yeah yeah like i mean you know we, we uh or real you brought it up earlier uh, people when they started seeing it on disney plus um were upset why did anyone tell me that this movie was so good and those of us that love the movie or think it, the movie was great um did tell everybody but you know we only have one vo <laughs> we only have you know a, a small voice uh you know in comparison to the people that were saying that the movie wasn't good. Um, Definitely a fun movie. Uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. I know it's not without its detractors 
and its controversy, but um, I uh, enjoyed it for what it's worth. Um, so absolutely. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me on episode 150 of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Why don't we go around the table and ask uh, everybody where people can find you to say hello there, Scott? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rifen, uh, Scott Rifen on Facebook. You can find uh, my daily morning show is on podcast feed on uh, just about anywhere you can get podcasts under my name, Scott Rifen, R-Y-F-U-N. And uh, one day I may actually do another episode of my Star Wars story podcast, but don't hold your breath because I don't <laughs> want to see you turn blue. <laughs> Excellent. Michael, how about you? Oh, well, I just want to first say congratulations on 150. Um and thank you, thank yeah, you. uh you can find me on any platform uh two med two. Um I, it's, it's the same name everywhere. So excellent. Uh, you know, it's a little it, it's a little bit of a crutch, um, you know, again, but you know, it is what it is, and that's how you can find me. Excellent. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh fun discussion on solo a Star Wars story. Uh, if you have opinions or takes on uh, Solo and want to let us know, uh, please uh, drop us a voicemail at 773-234-8659. That is the Scarif Scuttlebutt hotline. Keep it in your Rolodex or save it as a favorite. People still have Rolodexes, right? I don't know. That's yeah, what the kids right. are telling me. Maybe. But um, yeah, absolutely. If you want to send us an email, go ahead and send us an email as well. We are scarifscuttlebutt at gmail.com. Uh, we are part of the Red 5 Network. Find us wherever you find your other favorite podcasts on Podcatchers Everywhere. Or look for the rest of the team at the Red 5 Network bio.link slash Red 5. Until next time, this is Ro, that's Scott and Michael. Thank you so much. And that is the Scuttlebutt. listener just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the red five network family red five network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love so the next time you're itching for quality content make sure you head over to red five network.com you'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more all wings report in it's the red five network <laughs>